What is going on, guys? Today we have a very, very special interview for you. So we sat down and we spoke to Dr. Nathan Kupperman, who owns five offices in the Tallahassee area. We spoke to him about all things pre-dental, dental student, dental school, tips to survive in dental school, tips to thrive, tips on how to you know get the most out of clinic, all of the good stuff that you guys wanna hear. So enjoy the episode, give us a like, give us a review, email us your questions. You just have to let us know what you want. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Until the next time, vibe on. All right, guys, we are back at it again. My name is Seth Kalish, and I am here today with Lori Gruskin and our two special guests, Dr. Kupperman and Dr. Deanna. How are you guys doing today? What's up? What's up? Doing, doing great. Good? Doing yeah. good. Hanging in there in this, uh, these chaotic times. Chaotic times. Absolutely. So, uh, Dr. Kupperman and Dr. Deanna, they are up here in North Florida, and they are working at a couple dental practices. Right now, we are at FSU, and this dental practice, probably one of the most interesting dental practices I've ever seen. It's within the health center, right? It's, it's like, what, what floor are we on right now? The fourth floor? Third floor. Third floor? Yeah, and it's buried deep inside here, but... It is uh, cranking out uh, patients, and you guys got pretty good production here, right? A lot of students, you see? Yeah, yeah. we sure do. So let's, uh, let's start from the very beginning. You know, give me your whole story. Give me everything that uh, you learned from your path from pre-dental to dental school, and then now we'll get in later into your journey into private practice. Mm -hmm. Well, I will start how, how uh, we initially got established. Uh, we are a network of five offices at the moment. Um, uh, Dr. Dan and I both went to the same uh, dental school, Nova Southeastern. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I graduated, I was actually an employee for two years. Um, and through that, I ended up resigning that position because I wanted some more independence. So I started my own contracting company and I began contracting about 12 different offices. So that kind of allowed me to get a lot of good experience seeing different types of offices from fee-for-service, um, Medicaid, um, PPO, and just kind of getting some experience. Now, through that, I ran through uh, three offices that an individual doctor had, had unfortunately gone through some tragedy with losing uh, his son, and I ended up being able to acquire the three offices at once because he was kind of left on his own. Um, and that's kind of how I initially got started. And then through that, through the growth, um, I managed to have a relationship with Dr. Diana and he ended up kind of seeing my vision and kind of buying into that. So. Right. And that's like really important is to have the vision from the outset. Right. So, you know where you're going. Like a lot of people, they just get out of school and they're just like, OK, I'm just going to get a job. And. I think it's great that you had like a vision and you know where you're going. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of options out there when you graduate and there's a lot of corporate options. Um, but I think the revolving door of associates, it's not a, it's not a feel good thing for a dental student coming out. You right. Know, you want to be established somewhere. Um, you want something long term. You want growth, uh, clinical growth and business growth. So that's why I think, you know, models like this, these dental provider 
organizations are very valuable for, for dentists today. Right. Uh, Dr. Deanna, tell me about your start. Um, so if we go to like pre-dental days, I guess I, like I knew I wanted to do this, you know, since I was in high school. And then, um, so I grew up in Michigan. That's where I went to school. And then I, um, you know, I was hoping to get into a, my state school. That didn't turn out. And then I um, got accepted to Nova. And as I was coming in, Dr. Kupperman, I met him. Um, and, you know, he was graduating. So he kind of was like the one that um, kind of showed me the ropes of dental mm-hmm. school. So he was kind of a mentor in that way. And like over the four years that he was associating and then bought these practices, like we stayed in close contact. He would, you know, send me like, you know, books to read, clinical stuff. So, and then, um, you know, when I was deciding what the heck to do after uh, uh, dental school, I was, I was talking to a bunch of dentists back home in Michigan and kind of weighing my options. And I'll be honest, I like, you know, even my friends said it. Like we, I, they never said I was coming to Tallahassee. Oh, I never, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never believed it, but, you know, I got uh, spoiled with the palm trees and stuff. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to go back to Michigan. So It's a lot different. Yeah, so I visited here, loved it. I mean, beautiful weather, very, like, just people are just, you know, salt to the earth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, talking with him more, I kind of, uh, you know, I saw what he was doing, his vision, and, like, I knew that, I was going to have mentorship from someone like my age, not someone because back home I was talking to all these like private practices and, you know, they were like, I don't know, you know, how I could offer you what he is, you know, like they're, you know, 50, 60 year old docs. Like I know, like at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm not going to be able to call them and be like, Hey, what'd you think of this? Would you, you know, Mm -hmm. they they just don't have that. Right. Right. And like the procedures I was sensing that, you know, and solo, like not many offices have so much room for two docs, you know, mm-hmm. like I knew I could just sense I was going to get the scraps, you know, the basic, yeah, yeah. you know, that's but, a problem. A lot of people face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, in a way I took a chance and I, you know, I talked to Dr. Kupperman and I was like, you know, let's, let's try this out. So I came up here and I started working and it was like, it was way better than like I could imagine, you right. know, like everything he said was, was true. Like, you know, and we're sitting there and, you know, I'm doing like root canals and mm-hmm. learning the systems and crowd and bridge and extraction. So um, it was just nice to have that, you know, support there because I don't, for me, that's what I wanted. I wanted growth and, uh, and the ability to just like learn. And so what's cool here is it's not just him. So you have, you know, we have Dr. Morgan, who's like, you know, 30 plus years of experience. So um, and you have another doctor, Dr. Mark, and like, you know, guys that have been doing it. So I get to see that and, you know, bounce ideas off of them. And so we've kind of like uh, learned, like we, we all kind of talk, which is cool. Right. Like the yeah. group practice model, right. I think, is like the coolest thing here. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. That's, that's what a lot of people uh, appreciate about group practice dentistry is the ability to, you know, talk and just share cases and everything. And mm-hmm. Cause you, you hear about these guys that are 60, 70 and they like their whole lives, all the, the only people that they could talk to was at their local, like uh, dental clubs, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. You know? The biggest thing it creates is accountability because you have multiple other doctors looking over your work. We're right. all, we're all, you know, constructively criticizing each other in a way, but we're trying to elevate each other at the same time right. because we have a certain standard of care that we want to keep. And when you have multiple doctors, you know, committed to that standard of care, it makes 
all your clinicians much, much better. That's awesome. I love that. Okay, so guys, can you take me back to think way back um, getting into dental school? So you remember your dental school interview? Tell me a little bit about that. Dental school interviews, I think we're just kind of in, intimidating from, from my recollection. But one thing that I really like to do for, uh, for uh, dental school interviews was going on student doctorate network and they would, you know, post, uh, you know, potential interview questions. Right. A lot That's of times, a lot of times too, it would be, you know, recent, uh, you know, interview questions. So you can kind of, you know, get prepared. But I think one of the biggest things is that dental schools want to show that you've actually been involved in the field of dentistry, that you've actually, you know, been a dental assistant or been a lab tech or actually know what you're getting into because a lot of people think they want to do dentistry and mm -hmm. a lot of people are really smart and a lot of people have really good scores but there's some people they get into school and then they realize oh this isn't my passion yeah. so that's yeah. one thing that dental schools want to avoid because you know that's a big tuition for them too so they want to make sure that who's ever coming in is going to be you know committed as possible so mm -hmm. but i don't know what your thoughts mm -hmm. are on that dr Dana. um yeah it was definitely stressful i remember you know i, I interviewed at um i remember university of detroit mercy you know, that was a, you know, standard, just, you know, why you want to do this. Um, I interviewed at LECOM, too. That was more the group setting. But uh, Nova just stuck out at, at me because it was just, like, everyone was very positive, relaxed, like, happy. There was some, you know, I was walking through cl the clinic area, and there was, you know, outside there was some guy playing, like, the harmonica. I was like, is this staged or what? Because this is just too beautiful. <laughs> really? I was like, what's going on here, <laughs> that's, all right? That's like, interesting. Like, <laughs> I'm sold, okay? Yeah, just yeah. let me in. But um, it was uh, it was nice because it, they um, it, it was more of a relaxing interview. But um, what's funny is, like, looking back at it now is, like, they know, they can sense, like, if you really want to do this. And mm -hmm. I say that because, like, at, um, at this FSU office, we have another doctor, uh, Dr. Lupu, and we have a lot of shadowing students. And they come in and, you know, and they tell us why they want to um, do dentistry. And you can spot pretty quickly, like, the people that are, you know, just doing it because of the lifestyle mm -hmm. or the... Um, like, you can see the people that have passion. Exactly, you know? yeah. And you can sense it right away. Right. Like, if I'm doing a procedure and they can't even, you know, if they have no... They're just sitting in the corner, like, five feet away while I'm doing a class two, it's like, okay... They have no interest if they can't even like ask me questions here like why are you doing this and we drill the students sometimes because it's like this is a big investment like, yeah you need to like you, sh you know you, you got to know what you're doing getting yourself into it's mm -hmm. not all rainbows here you know right. it's like it's a lot of debt yeah you know and if you don't if you're not prepared and don't know what you're getting yourself into like a year two years into practice you can be like what the heck did i just do yeah you know, i don't like this mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's a, it's definitely got a uh, risk to it do you guys mind me asking how much uh, you came out with in debt? Yeah. Yeah. Five fifty. Five fifty. Yeah. yeah. I'm right under half a million. Yeah. But thankfully, uh, student loans have been postponed at the moment. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> right. And, uh, and uh, student interest, I believe, has been postponed. So that kind of helps you out a little bit. Yeah. That's why I say, too, that uh, federal debt is probably one of the best kinds of debts that you can have because there's just so much relief available that's supplied by the government. Because who would have ever seen this whole situation coming? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of normal debt that you would have with banks, they'd be like, uh, you know, yeah. good luck. Right. So, so, I mean, that's that's some good advice, um, especially for people taking out loans. Definitely use uh, private loans as a last resort, mm -hmm. right? Well, think about it, too. If I was paying back all my student debt right now, 
I would have no cash reserves to float my business and I would go bankrupt. So these mm-hmm. are things that you want to think about. So Exactly. So how far out do you um, usually, do you have like six months emergency, just cash flow or like how, pretty, how much do you put away? Pretty much, yeah, about six months. I yeah. try to do my best. And the thing is too, since I'm, I'm not a huge business, I'm a little bit smaller. So, you know, mm-hmm. six months is more possible, but for really, really large organizations, I mean, it's almost impossible for them to make it through one quarter. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that, you know, all this, uh, all this Corona stuff kind of starts to settle down. <laughs> Let's at, hope at so. At least within the first, you know, two or three months. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Have you tried to refinance your loans yet? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. I would not refinance right. my loans. But again, too, it's all about what you want. Do you want to be an associate? Do you want to work? Do you want to have no further business debt? Or do you want to grow an office and be able to take out more debt to leverage debt to create you know, practices? Right. Because you have to ask yourself that. Because if you don't have any reserve capitals when you go to apply for a loan to buy an office, mm-hmm. no bank is going to loan you money. As opposed to if you just plan on being an associate long term, <coughs> Pay your debt off as soon as possible. But mm-hmm. if you want to be a business owner and an entrepreneur and leverage debt to create wealth, then you do not want to uh, pay your student loans back. Right. There was, and that's a big mindset shift because, like, hearing that and um, you know what common sense kind of tells you, like that took me, you know, my D four years when I really started to dive in into like different podcasts, different books, and mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Later. Yeah, we will. But that is important because if if you don't get your the mindset right, you're you're gonna get caught in the rat race. Right. It definitely, yeah. Great, great advice to educate yourself with whatever uh, you've got out there. Any resources. So, um, moving right along here, tell me about um, what what's like the best advice you would give to a student that's about to start dental school, and then we'll go work our way into clinic when you start clinic. Okay. My first thing for a dental student about to start dental school is the second. You walk through those doors, start networking and mingling and becoming friends with your D2s, the people that are a year ahead of you because they've right. literally just gone through exactly what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. What better person to get advice than someone that's just gotten all good grades in the classes you just took, mm-hmm. that's just gotten good clinical scores on all of the all of the, the exams and stuff that you had to take. So that's the number one thing. And then yeah. you can kind of backtrack from there. Yeah, I, w- I would have to agree because, you know, I, I had, you know, Dr. Copperman, I had, um, you know, he kind of through him showed me a network of like older um, D4s and stuff. And I mean, it was invaluable because they had been through it. And what happens is like your D1 year, you're all going through the same thing. And it's, 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 um, how do I want to say it? It's kind of like, um, there's a lot of fake hysteria and you know, if you're ironic, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of ironic, but you have <laughs> yeah. to be careful because <laughs> It's like little stuff and it can drive you nuts. Like there would be times where I had to just kind of distance myself from those certain people because it was like, oh, if I don't do this, the world's ending. It's like, no, take a step back, relax. Like Mm -hmm. we're all going to get through it. Right. Um, And then, you know, another thing was for me, I kind of knew right away that I wasn't going to specialize. So it took, I mean, it's not that I stopped studying or it just took a huge load off of the pressure of like doing absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was able to kind of, because there's a lot of fluff in dental school. Mm-hmm, stuff definitely. that, in my opinion, isn't really applicable, you know? Like, you need to learn, you know, the Krebs cycle, do that. Mm-hmm. But for me, reading these different books, listening to the, these different podcasts, like, you're going leaps and bounds right? Um, as far as preparing yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, joining your 
whether there's a, a business club, dental business club. I know yep. at Nova they started that. Yep. Um, it's huge. Absolutely. Yeah, the dental fraternities was too good. Yeah. I mean, what were the ones again? I think mine was Sio. Sio, and it was. And then uh, Alpha. Alpha, Alpha Omega. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were great yeah. because you know they helped yeah. you with your, great your networking. classes, yeah. networking, mm-hmm. and also I mean, you know, having some fun too. Right. Okay, so um, I'm about to enter a clinic in hopefully two months. So what advice can you give me and all of my colleagues about when starting clinic? And so for at our school, um, we go to clinic and that's about it. We're in there all day. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess, you know, try to see as many patients as possible. There's going to be so much red tape between diagnosis, um, you know, models and actual treatment. So you just really got to try to do and see as much as you can. You really have to take initiative because if you don't, then you're not going to get much clinical experience. Another thing too is coming out third year, once you, you know, go into stab lab, uh, you really want to look at those videos, look at the Malmed videos for injections for anesthetic. What is it called? Uh, Malmed. Malmed. Okay. But it's on YouTube because profound anesthetic is one of the most important things of dentistry. And that's probably one of the first things that you're going to get exposed to your third year in clinic. Mm -hmm. So this is very important, important stuff. I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that. Yeah. I mean, you need to be in clinic like nonstop, whether you don't have a patient, whether you don't, I mean, I was, my biggest thing was I I love like talking to the professors and, you know, they're not all created equal. You know, some of them don't have a lot of, um, you know, outside of experience. So you need to find someone that you, you know, you know, that knows what's up and just, extracting as much information. I mean, they're, they're there to teach you like the people that right. are, the guys that were there that, you know, they weren't doing it for the salary. That's for right. sure. They yeah, were doing it because they sure. love to teach and, um, you know, gathering that information and pushing yourself too. you know, not being scared to, to try different things, but going to the, the specialty, um, clinics, you know, going to oral surgery, talking with them, um, mm-hmm. the end of down. it was cool that we had, a lot of specialties at our school, but, you know, and also downside was they would take a lot of the procedures, but that's, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a, a big deal. You just have to, you know, you learn. Mm-hmm. And as you get more exposure, you start to kind of discover, what's my clinical passion? What do I really like? Do mm-hmm. I like root canals? Do I like extractions? Am I obsessed with cosmetics? And then you can kind of cultivate that and say, all right, if I like one thing, then I'm going to go hang out in the specialty, you know, sector. And that's one thing that was great about Nova is we had every single specialty, you know, on the second floor. So personally for me, I lived in the oral surgery clinic. I was watching these guys daily take out impacted wisdom teeth. I was just mm-hmm. obsessed by it. It was just awesome. You know, the, the fancy drills, the the buckle, the buckle removal bone, the, just the buckle hockey stick. Were tra- it was like blood and guts. And yeah. It was intense. I was like, wow. I was like, this makes me feel like, you know, a real doctor. So yeah. I was really into it. Um, and then, you know, for other people that really liked endo or really liked perio, they would go. And for perio too, I would shadow some of their procedures when they're, you know, doing ridge expansion. They're doing immediate implants. They're doing a lot of stuff. So that's kind of what my passion was. So you got to kind of ultimately figure out what's your passion clinically because that's going to drive you to be much more successful later on in your career. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess you're really saying just try and experience everything and find your passion, what you really like yes. to do. Mm-hmm. So you, you like to do oral surgery. What do you like to do, Dr. Yeah. Endo. Yeah. Endo? Which I never... He's an endo geek for sure. Yeah. Which I <laughs> never thought like that was that was like going to be my thing or whatever, mm-hmm. but I just like, I don't know. I'm in there and I just love it. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. like, trying to find Molar the endo? Yeah. 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 How fast can you do a maxillary first molar? 
It depends. <laughs> if, you get, if we get a 19-year-old FSU student, yeah. we're, we're going to knock it out. But yeah. if, you're, if, we're in the, if we're in the boonies and it's calcified, yeah. you're going to sit there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh-huh. you got to be yeah. realistic. And but, I'm, mm. Yeah. You found six canals yet? <laughs> no, I, I have found six canals yet. But um, one thing too that 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 I like about Doctor D is he's constantly expanding on a clinical improvement. So he's kind of discovered these different instruments, these different scout files, things that I just didn't even realize existed. So that's again comes back to you know working with a group of doctors, just mm-hmm. being able to find like you know new clinical techniques that work. But Doctor D, I mean, he has been out of school for about seven months now, and the, the fact that he's able to do. Uh, molar endo so competently is very remarkable. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I was listening to um, Howard, Howard Ferran, and he was interviewing with the CEO of Heartland, and he was saying that um, the way that they judge that a practice is doing well for a general dentist is doing seven endos a month. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's a good uh, KPI. You, oh, you heard of yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I listened to the CEO of Harlan speak, and that's exactly what he said. There is a delineation between the de novo success and not. Mm-hmm. And the de novos, if they didn't do seven indos within the first month, they went out of business, which is just that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, the main concept you think about is a patient comes in and they're in pain. It's a new office. You charge the money, you don't get them out of pain, and then you send them on their way. And they mm-hmm. never come back. And they never come back. And all they're going to do is tout around town about, oh, I paid, you know, 150 bucks. I didn't even get out of pain. I had to go to another office. That actually took care of me. Mm-hmm. So that's just kind of some food for thought. Right. Yeah. And it, it's not, you know, I didn't walk out here and, you know, start doing molar endo. Like yeah. it, was, it was steps, you know, mm-hmm. and, and thank God I had, you know, Dr. Kupperman, like, you know, if I was in a jam, he would help me. But there was, you know, there was a couple teeth that got, got lost in the process of learning. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not like we we're reckless. It just, mm-hmm. it, you have to learn, you know, you tell yeah. the patient, Hey, like we want to save this tooth. But I, in my opinion, like someone comes in in pain, it's the first molar, like you got to know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate that guys. So, um, what would you give, what advice would you give yourself the day that you graduate looking back right now? Graduating from dental school or graduating yeah, from, from undergrad? From dental school. Um, I'll let you take that one first, Dr. D, because I got to think about it. Um, I was really nervous. Yeah. Uh, you know, in so many, I didn't feel really prepared. Um, but just to, I mean, the worrying doesn't help. You know, right. it sounds kind of cliche, but like trust the process. You mm-hmm. know, like every day, like Monday is going to be good. Tuesday it could be a you know not a good day yeah you know but then there's Wednesday yeah. and just keep on going like every day just every day you get a little bit better mm-hmm. you know um, and just for me I mean I, I stress I worry a lot I take yeah. my I take my work home with me but maybe it's that's kind of like a call to action and maybe yeah. you take more action than you wouldn't if you weren't worried about it you know yeah, what I mean exactly I just um, just relax <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. gonna be okay okay. Relax. Yeah, that, absolutely. Did you think about doing a residency or was that not I, something you were planning on doing? I did. That was a big uh, struggle or, you know, for me because all my friends were, were doing GPRs. A lot of my, my mentors told me to do it. Um, I still think it's a great thing for certain, you know, you, you need to really, and they, they told me this too. They're like, you need to decide for yourself. Some people I think do need a GPR, you know, just to get their confidence a little bit up and, you know, especially if in dental school you really didn't do a lot. Um, but, you know, like my, my mentor told me, he's like, it gives you a year to kind of decide what you want to do and to polish up your skills. And talking with a lot of my friends, like 
that are in JPRs. Some are, I think, are pretty happy. Some maybe aren't getting the experience that they wish. But for me, like when I really thought about it, the only reason I was going to do it was because I was scared to jump into the real world. Mm -hmm. And so when I when I realized like that was the only reason I was doing, I was like, no, I just gotta I gotta get out there and and just face face the music. It's pretty interesting to um, you know working with and interviewing multiple new grads and kind of seeing uh you know the progression clinically and you know i've i've interviewed ones that have done gprs um you know i've mentored uh, new grads into becoming you know clinicians and i think one of the biggest things i notice is that it has a lot to do with the confidence and the repetition um so that's one thing i definitely notice it's like even at a gpr or straight out of school there's just a nervousness you know there's there's an experience um and that really cuts into your overall confidence. But once you, it's like once you kind of, I mean, you have you have to crawl before you can run, right? So the slow development. But usually, it's typically it's like after a month or two of being in a real practice setting, it's amazing to see these new grads just grow and like flourish. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, they don't need to be have it, you know, a doctor over their shoulder like all the time. Right. And at the end of the day, too, you know, everybody's gonna get in a jam. I don't care what doctor you talk to. I don't care if they've been practicing for 10 years. Every doctor gets into a jam in some situations. But that's why, again, it's nice to have a support network of doctors to, to have a reference for. Right. So what are you guys thinking for most dental students? So you guys both went on a little bit of different paths, right? For most dental students, we've got options right now. Um, a lot of students are going to DSOs. Some students are going to private as an associate. And then other students are going into residency. So which... Which kind of student do you think kind of fits in each one of those? Can you categorize that or it's just kind of like your situation? Maybe right? a more academic student belongs in a GPR because mm-hmm. they want to develop more academically. And that's going to be an academic structure that they're accustomed to. Maybe the more uh, gregarious, outgoing, bedside, good bedside manner is going to want to go out and work immediately. Because honestly, bedside manner is one of, is one of the biggest things um, associated with that. Right. And then you have some people that are just very clinically advanced. So they can kind of do either or. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, some, you know, some of my friends in dental school, they were like, you know, they were, they were ready. You know, I could tell like there were no questions. Like they knew they're like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to work. Um, so I think it's a, it's definitely a confidence thing. Um, and then, you know, you know, the friends that I, that went to GPRs, they were looking to learn those like really specific procedures, like, um, you know, implants and, you know, et cetera, which if you don't have a mentor to teach you that, it's going to be very hard. You know, it's going to be a little bit harder to do um, in private practice or in a DSO. Um, But, you know, a lot of, you know, there is some, you know, friends I have with DSOs that, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of experience. And at the end of the day, it's just reps, you know, Mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta get it. And you, you know, if you're alone, it's, it's, it sucks. You know, the the mentorship is very important because the way that I feel about Dr. D, it's like after his mentorship, he's where I was at clinically after practicing for almost two years. I just didn't have quite as aggressive a mentorship. When I went and I worked, it was the doctor didn't do endo, the doctor really didn't do surgery. So he was like, all right, well, you know, you can do this. But he never actually really did. He never actually really mentored me. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was one of the biggest things. So, you know, I had to do a lot of C. I had to roll, watch a lot of JB Resnick, which mm-hmm. I kind of talked yeah. about before. Yeah. And just kind of go on mission trips and get that experience that way and practice endo, you know. So I never really had like 
I never had that direct mentorship. And it's crazy to see how quickly, you know, a new grad, like I said, can advance clinically mm-hmm. if they have the proper mentorship. Right. All right. Awesome, guys. So let's get to um, some of the resources that dental students, pre-dental students and new dentists can take a look at. So what are some good books? So resources for pre-dental students. First, I always say Student Doctorate Network. That's one of the, you know, the biggest no brainers. Um, I love DAT Destroyer. Mm -hmm. I love Crack the PAT. Um, These are just like some, you know, essential uh, books because at the end of the day, that admissions test, it's kind of superficial, but it's essential. You have to get, you know, high scores on your DATs. For dental students, I would say the first two years, just get through the academics. Right. You know, you're going to have so much on your plate. You do not need your mind wandering on all this extracurricular business, entrepreneurship, clinical stuff. You need to focus on passing your classes, getting good grades, and making it through. Now, once you start to get the third and fourth year, then you have awesome resources. You have awesome clinical resources, um, which uh, Dr. D can agree with me, but, you know, uh, Dentaltown, they have a free Mm -hmm. student membership. You have over 330 continuing education hours. Um, So that's kind of one one of the biggest focuses. So you watched the CEs on Dentaltown? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I lived on there, man. It was was amazing. It was fantastic. And now this guy, too, Dr. D, I mean, he's spoiled run. He's got got (laughs) Implant Ninja. He's got uh, Spear Education. You know, he's got J.B. Resnick now has his own oral surgery website. I mean, dude, I wish I had this stuff when when I was in dental school. So it's pretty fantastic. Now, for business books... Um, you've probably heard this a million times, but E-Myth is like one oh, of yeah. the most essential. Mm-hmm. You're basically dead in the water if you don't understand E-Myth and yeah. those basic, you know, concepts of cash flow and right. whatnot. Um, and then also there's, you know, The Affluent Dentist is another good transitions book. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's any books that you wanted to add to that, Dr. D. Or uh, Yeah, no, I, I would say start off um, with Dentaltown just because it's free and there's so mm-hmm. much, there's so much stuff. Where, where could somebody start with Dentaltown? Um, the J.B. Resnick or surgery. Yeah, you, start, you yeah. started. And that's really good protocols because it goes over, you know, health risk, uh, patient health history, all mm-hmm. the different kind of like particulars that you need to look at, like, you know, blood thinners, um, bisphosphonates and right. other things like that that you really, really got to focus right. on. Yeah, there's just not enough. Uh, there's not enough time to go through everything. Yeah, just, definitely it's, not. It's, it's, it's literally just flooded with free information. These mm-hmm. are like recorded, you know, CE events mm-hmm. that doctors pay thousands of dollars. You can just sit there yeah. and listen to them, watch them. There's message boards. Um, but then from there, I mean, it's like, you know, the JB Resnick, he has like online oral surgery.com. Like mm-hmm. I use that. Um, real world endo, um, is for, you know, good for endo, but spear education, like D3. I mean, I would, that's like, I mean, that is the best, spear. that's okay. the best online education I think. And I, really? you know, like it was awesome because, you know, I had a lot of good friends in dental school and I was like, Hey, like. You guys want to split this? You guys want to do this? Mm-hmm. I think it was like, you know, a mix, it was like about five of us, five, ten of us that um, it's hard. You know what I mean? You, you're done with clinic and, yeah. you know, the last thing you want to watch is a freaking dental video. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's uh, it, it pays. It pays dividends right. because you understand it to another level versus. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I know Dr. D is a huge fan of uh, Howard Fran's MBA. MBA. Oh, oh, yeah. That's yeah. another thing is the. Yeah. Uh, the 30 day NBA. Yeah. I started watching that, but I yeah. can't get through the first like three. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's wild episodes. for, 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 for Dr. Dr. Ryan, I love the guy, but you got to take him in doses. For yeah. Sure. yeah. I, I would say bounce around. You don't even have to go in order, but mm. you're going to learn to yeah. like love him. The guy's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And he just like the yeah. way he presents, like just the dental field in like mm. a nutshell is, yeah. is, is, is good. He yeah. tells the same stories. Like every single, it's, it's hilarious. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's, he's, I can, I can like tell his stories now. I've heard it so much. <laughs> yeah. But um, okay, so we did. So Howard Ferran, also his podcast, right? 
Any other podcast you guys yeah, like? Yeah, that, that podcast is good. Um, there's like the Dental Practice Blueprint. Uh, I think it's with um, David Phelps. That's pretty good. Yeah, big. David. He's real into real estate now, too. Yeah, and right? then there's also, um, I mean, Mark Costas is, uh, the, the, I think it's a Dentalpreneur. Dental yeah, Dentalpreneur. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mark's great. Yeah. yeah he's, he's got good stuff. I love that one. Yeah, and that was another one of his books. Um, I think it's like the success. You know, it's successful. like the pillars of yeah. Yeah. dental success. Yeah, and it's great hearing his story. It's very motivating. Right. You know? The other, my my favorite, I think, like the biggest impact I had was um, shared practices. Oh yeah, because that one's, one it's in seasons, and you know, like the first season is basically like, hey, like being associated is great, but it's like a complete mindset shift. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to get out of this debt, you need to become an owner or get you know right. become you know you can't pay off loans with a hundred thousand yeah, dollars yeah. a year as a w-2 and right it's just it's not the math doesn't work mm-hmm. so it's um and you know what they're doing now it's um they kind of transition shared practices into it's called like practice underwater i don't know have you heard of that yet mm-hmm. and they're just doing like dental consulting and they just have people like call in and they make them anonymous they like change their voice and everything and it's pretty sweet yeah. and it's just straight up like you get to listen to the different consultations I'm, so Last one, a new one that I've been listening to is, um, I think it's called the Lifestyle Practice. It's with uh-huh. um, uh, Justin Short. Right. So Justin Short is like, um, he's a pretty funny guy yeah. to listen to. But yeah. you have kind of his like, you know, the guys that kind of followed him. And, you know, Derek Williams from Midwest mm-hmm. University. And, you know, these guys are like very bright. You right. know, and they, they came out of school and like, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure they did a startup like right out of school. Or bought mm-hmm. a practice right mm-hmm. out of school doing like really good. So they're some good guys to listen to. And there's... um. With that said, there's actually um, a group that um, Derek Williams created. It's in Dental Town. It's called Ambitious Dental Students. Right. That is gold. Yeah. So it's a you got to get either an invitation or just like sign. Yeah. I forget how. I, you I sign just up. did it. I just signed yeah. up for it. It's just like you apply and they just like somebody accepts you. It took yeah. like a month, but yeah, but it's I got mean, definitely worth it. Gold in there. The books, yeah. the cl- everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, that's good. Hey, we we all know the same stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the stuff that's good, you know, that's, it's out there. That's no one's hiding out there. It, yeah. So, all right, cool. So, um, Doctor Kupperman, can you tell me a little bit about the NAC Dental Group and kind of like what are your plans for the future? Okay, so NAC Dental Group is just a. It's kind of a, a, a it's a dental provider organization, and what it what it does essentially is it serves as a purpose for management services for for payroll for marketing um, it also serves uh, for recruitment because I think that's one of the biggest things that you know group offices uh, you know struggle with is recruitment recruiting quality people because um, right. that's what we're about you know we're about quality dentists quality assistants quality hygienists we want to bring a bunch of bunch of you know high quality people together to do great things and that's kind of you know why I created it because initially it started off as me just getting these offices and I, I'm kind of like Heartland to where I keep the offices the same name. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. change. I don't want to change yeah. something that's worked for so many years. Yeah. So I keep the offices how they are. But then in the background, I have the management organization that's, you know, kind of overlooking everything. And and as is, you know, the, uh, the, the chief financial officer of the company, it helps me be able to really closely monitor the cash flow when mm-hmm. all all the capital and everything is flowing in and out of one entity as opposed to me having to monitor, you know, several different ones. Right. But yeah, that that's awesome. And so you've been how many years out of school now? Five years, five years. And you're already managing this. Like that's, that's such an incredible accomplishment. So mm-hmm. I, I really respect that. Um, so can you guys give me your contact information? How can our listeners reach out to you? Like uh, email or 
Instagram, whatever. Yeah, whatever you guys, guys want to share. If you guys ever want to reach out to me, first of all, you can check me out on my website, which is NAC, N-A-K-DentalGroup.com. And you can reach out to me personally at nkupperman at NACDentalGroup.com. Yeah, I'll... Uh for me, get, I mean, email's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Colosrodana at me.com. So C-A-L-O-G-E-R-O-D-A-N-N-A. Okay. You guys big on the IG, posting cases, anything like that? Yeah. I've, not yet. You're, you're building it. You're building yeah, it. I've thought about it. It's just like I'm not a big on like posting stuff. Uh-huh. It's I, I don't know. I'm just like mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I just I haven't gotten there. It's, like I've been, tr- I've been trying to take like a lot of picture of my cases and yeah. stuff, but – what I do is, uh, like, me, me and my friends, like, that all got, it's like 20 of us, they got out of dental school. Uh, we created basically, like, a, like a group chat. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought it'd be cool to, like, you know, whether you're having a bad day or you want to share something or you're in a jam, like, you right. go on that WhatsApp and we're talking about yeah. it. So that's, like, I don't know, for me, that's, like, my outlet of, mm-hmm. of clinical mm-hmm. uh Definitely, yeah. Yeah, any any further questions or concerns to you, you, know, you can feel free to reach out to me on my Facebook or my Instagram at just Nathan Kupperman DMD. And you can pull me up instantly on Facebook or Instagram. And again, too, I'm very open about answering questions. Ultimately, I think dentistry is it's like a ladder. You know, you climb up the ladder, you're at the top of the ladder, and you slowly start helping people, pulling people mm-hmm. up. And that's yeah. just that's just the, the journey of dentistry. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you guys so much. All right, guys, this will do it for our first part of our interview with Dr. Kupperman, discussing all things about dental school, getting into dental school, and thriving while you're in dental school. So you guys know the drill. Follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes. You can follow us on Facebook at Dental Student Vibes. And make sure you guys check out all of the awesome apparel that we've been putting out on Teespring. Be sure to drop a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform that you guys use. And make sure you guys send in questions, comments, concerns, anything we can do to get better. And as always, vibe on.